<laughs> we are live. Live from Budokai. Sorry, Mel. You're on mute. Why did you take the video off? I didn't touch it. I feel like you did that. Oh, we're live. Just like I, that. Just we're just. <laughs> I didn't touch you know it what's happening right now. I'm not even live on TikTok yet. It's because Melissa wanted to make a little slick, smart Alec comment, like who thinks they're going to be live again, and and our What's pride got our pride got poked. We're like, oh, oh, you think we're going to be live? You know what? Screw preparation. Send it. Send it. Send it. Uh, now, I'm not even live on TikTok yet because of her, because of you. Well, so, uh, how much was the bait, man? How much was the bait? Because I want me some money. <laughs> We're teaming up with everybody she was trying to bet against. Uh, so, Jamie, say hi to everybody while I get us on TikTok since we so prematurely jumped online. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Good evening to those who are in America. Good morning to my brother, Tyron, who I know is in South Africa. So, what's happening? How's everybody doing? Welcome back to the True Christian Podcast with me, JD, and Michael... Pagano, Pagano, and we're live on TikTok. Thank you. Here we go. Here What's we go. going we are on? Carry on. We'll be so, carrying uh, on with sanctification. Let me know, people, uh, how the audio sounds. I'm trying to do some a couple things different on this side. I know that the Bible readings have had still this staticky thing, uh, but yet. When I go back and watch the podcast, they sound fine. We're using everything the exact same as the podcasts, but during the Bible readings, we're getting some type of interference. I'm trying to figure out what is causing that, uh, whether it's the program we're using or if it's a microphone. But again, it's only happening with the Bible readings, so maybe it's one of the methods we're using to uh, record. So we are working on that. Let me know if you hear anything tonight. Um, what? No, I'm not muted. You're not going to get me, J-Man. Um I can actually see if I'm muted on my side. Like this is this is a little bit different than TikTok. Uh, but guys, welcome back to the True Christian Podcast. We're here on Monday's episode. This is the fun episode because we're back in two days from now, so uh, we can really dive into some stuff. Spotty a bit, but it's okay. Uh, I don't like hearing that. And uh, JD sounded a little spotty. I think it's I think it's Streamyard. You know what? Uh, yeah. uh, uh, we might have to go ahead and start looking into. Um, uh, a new uh, a new outcome, a new outcome, new outcome, new platform. Uh, someone said something about the Seahawks, and I was going to tell him, don't tell me the outcome of the game. So I, you know, I can't think and talk at the same time. Guys, do not tell me. Look, I love you all. Can I ask you all from the deepest of my heart? Truly, do not do that. I, I will watch it after this. I want you to know that none of you know the old Mike. The fact that I'm here and I'm like, I could care less about football. I'd rather be here with y'all. You don't know what that says, but to anyone who knows the old me, they know exactly. I, I don't. I never miss Seahawks game. In fact, this is the first time ever that I am volunteeringly missing Seahawks football because I love you guys and I love this podcast and I love JD and I love the Bible studies. But I am asking you. I want to get off, go lay in my bed, and hit the DVR and start right where I stopped at before I came over here. So just please don't be that guy that feels the need. To do it, I'll ban you, and you'll never see the podcast again. Also, like I'm petty. Let's not forget who you're talking to. <laughs> I'm not JD. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's Mama Bear. Y'all know I'm a jerk. I'm bad cop. <laughs> I will ban you for three episodes. You will be so salty about it, and I'm banning your IP. Like you ain't coming on with a fake account. 
I got friends. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a bit crackly oh, still. That's so annoying. I'm sorry, guys. I don't want to sit here and waste time. So uh, uh, we're going to keep moving, but I'm, I'm sorry that it's sounding crackly. I wish that I wish we could do this differently, but yeah, we're going to look into a new uh, software and move off of StreamYard. Uh, so that way we can, I think it's definitely the program. So we apologize for that. Thank you guys for pushing through with that. The fact that y'all do that is, is a lot because I know if I heard someone being crackly, I might be like, you know what? Never mind. Uh, but JD, what are we talking about today? We are carrying on with sanctification. For those of you that were here on Wednesday, we were discussing sanctification and what it means for the Christian uh, once you are saved, and we're going to carry on on sanctification because we were all over the place. We <laughs> we got sucked into a couple of couple of passages and a couple of topics, um, but that's where we at. Um, if I can just ask everybody, there's a, a beloved sister of ours, Sherry. She's in the chat. Um, I don't know if you're still there, Sherry, but she's recently lost her uh, father. Um, if you can just keep her in your prayers during this difficult time as they grieve as a family. Um, thankfully, he didn't pass away um, painfully, but we know that the hurt is the same, that when we lose loved ones, we know where they go, um, especially those who are in Christ. But with that being said, keep her in your prayers and encourage her to those of you that are friends with her on, on TikTok. Um, just send her a letter or a message of encouragement and keep her in your prayers. So tonight we're going back into sanctification. Many, many chapters, many, many verses in the Bible that speak on sanctification. So this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Sorry, I'm back. I, I restarted the whole thing. I don't like knowing that my, my audio sounds messed up. Uh, but yeah, guys, I'm, I'm excited about it. Let's dive into some sanctification talk. For everybody watching on TikTok, as you probably already know, we're live on YouTube as well. If you want to be able to part, be, be a part of the conversation, come over to YouTube. Join us over there. The comment section is on. Uh, you can see JD's wonderful face. Anyway, we see the Bible on screen. We're probably going to be going all throughout the Bible again today, just like we were yes, uh, last week. Um, but last week, we, we talked about back to the basics, right, JD? So we talked about sanctification justification, justification and, and adoption, which is one that not a lot of people talk about. Um, and we forgot to mention glorification. And I apologize for that one, that I that I did not mention glorification, because that's a major part of it as well. Um, but we, we often forget the adoption part. But sanctification is where a lot of us need to sit for a little bit. That's not one we can yeah. just pass yeah. by, because mm -hmm. that's where most... So, if you're watching this podcast, most likely that's where you're at in your stage, right? Because justification and adoption is instant. That's at belief, okay? So if you're a non-believer, you're not there yet. But most of you, you've been adopted, you've been justified, and now you're in this process called sanctification. And it's a, it's a barren wasteland because you have no idea about it. You don't know much about it because no one ever taught you about it. No one taught us about it. It's like, it's like uh, imagine not having parents and just growing up on the side of the road. And like, you got to figure out how to live this life, right? We're babies in Christ. And no one took us from the womb. And so we just fell to the ground. And it's like, we got to figure this all out. Because a lot of people don't get discipled nowadays. A lot of people don't have that person leading them. And we have to grow up in the faith. And this is why it's important to understand. And, and you can't compare your sanctification journey with others i don't know about you jd mm. but a lot, i've been getting this one a lot mike is mm. is there anything you struggle with because it seems like you just got it all i'm like no. just because i'm further ahead than you does not mean i'm it's a different struggle like imagine if your five-year-old is looking at your 14 year old and he's like wow he just looks like his life's the best 
Nah, but mm. your older brother's going through some stuff too. You just don't understand yet. You're you're five. He's fifteen. He's not a grown man either yet. Like he still has road of growth. He's just further along. Some of us are teenagers in Christ. Some of us are uh, 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 babies in Christ. And some and that elder, the older wise men are the adults in Christ, right? Like the that's the elder, right? Now I'm not that. JD's not that. We're not even old enough, in my opinion, to truly be that in 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 the faith. So um, it's not about comparing. I think that's the problem, JD, honestly, because I think everybody compares their sanctification journey with others. Like, it should it look like that? Yeah. Should it look like that? Exactly. And and that's that's one of the biggest, biggest problems. And I, I mentioned this last night again on TikTok as well. Well, not last night, the night before, uh, Friday, that we need to stop as as christians we need to stop comparing our walks we need to stop looking at other christians going oh well they've got to figure out what are they doing right and and here's the thing here's the thing you see face value you only see face value you see what you can see and the reality is everybody sins every day everybody <laughs> falls short of the glory of god every day um just because you can't see Mike or I slipping into the flesh and losing our temper or or the thoughts that go through our heads and, and that we have to constantly be in communication with God over doesn't mean that we are not struggling. Um, <clears throat> and again, I'll say it to anybody out there pretending that they've gone a day without sin, to anyone who goes walks around pretending like they're a better Christian than some other Christians, they're liars. They're liars. They haven't been honest with themselves. And because they haven't been honest with themselves, they will stunt their own growth and their own sanctification process. Uh, the sanctification process is about getting to a point where you own your sin, you confess your sins to your brothers and sisters and going, this is where I'm battling. This is what I struggle with. This is where I need prayer. Because if you don't do that, you're ultimately deceiving yourself, thinking that, uh, I'm strong enough. I'm I'm going to get through this. I can overcome this by my power. And and we see the the simplest scripture ever in in 2 Corinthians 12 where Christ says to the apostle Paul, "My grace is oh. sufficient for thee." My grace is sufficient for thee. And and we we honestly need to lean on that as as brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, and I want you to understand that just like the analogy we used of children and teenagers, the problems don't go away as you grow. They just change, right? Like as long as you're in the flesh, there will there will be problems. The most holy of holy person you think you've ever met, they're dealing with something, right? Uh, I mean, my faith is strong, right? I don't really usually deal with the same things that you might deal with as far as my stressors. But do you know what I'm crying about with the Lord? I mean, I come to him, him in tears out of fear of what we're doing right here, right? So it's like, yeah, look at the knowledge you guys have. Yeah, but now, now I'm in fear. Like, Lord, don't let me mislead someone. Lord, don't let me uh, uh, give the wrong words to someone that hurts them and makes them think like there's these fears that come through you no matter where you're at in your stage. Because I know there's some people that think if I could just read the Bible some more and just know the Bible more, I'll be better. It's the same thing we do with money. If I can have more money, I'll be better. But none of having more of something makes you better except Jesus. That's all we should want is more Jesus, more Jesus in our life, more walking like him in our life. That's the only thing that we should mm. aim for. Uh, and that's that's what we're going to yeah. look at in the scriptures today. 
Um, and we're going to be jumping all over the scriptures today because sanctification is all throughout it. In fact, JD reminded me of one right before we went live. I was talking to him about um, going through John 17 earlier. And he was like, John 17, 17. And if I can pull it up in time. Man, John 17, 17 is so, it's, it's, it's one that you just got to memorize. Sanctif yeah, I mean, and you're going to read it now. John 17, okay. 17. Go, go and it's, it's, a, it's an easy one to remember as well. 1717, man. Read it, read um, it, read it. Hit it, baby. And no, there, he, there he says it. Okay, cool. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. It's it's a Amen. simple, short scripture. And, and there we see how, how are we sanctified? By truth. Where do we find truth? In the word of God. It, it, it can't be more abundantly clear than that. Yeah. Right, the cross reference right there is Psalm 119, verse 160, which reads, The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. And then also 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 28. And now, O Lord God, you are God, and your words are true, and you have promised this good thing to your servant. And man. John 17 is such a beautiful passage. It's one of the most beautiful chapters in the entire Bible because it's literally getting a matter of fact, I'll make the statement that it might be the most beautiful. If you really think about yeah. it, because it's, it's a it's peeking into the relationship of the son and the father in an intimate moment. And what's beautiful here is he's asking the father to sanctify you. This is what makes me so upset, JD. And let me just stop actually real quick. Let me just, let's, let's draw back. Let's draw back. Let's draw back. What is sanctify? We should define a term. We shouldn't assume everybody knows what this word means, right? So I'll, I'll open up the definition here and then I'll explain it to you the way I would, I was taught it. Let me see how they define yeah. it in, in the Greek. Oh, come on. Don't be like that. One second. Do, 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 do. I know Mike's a failure and he's just he just does these things to you guys and he doesn't have the word ready and I apologize deeply. You know, JD, define it real quick while I get the dictionary to go. Hagiazzo. Yeah. So sanctification is again, we we look at simple, simple phrases in the Bible. He is the potter, we are the clay. Uh, we've heard the refiner's fire. And this is how I explain sanctification. If you go to a, a gold a, a gold mine and you see the way they purge impurities from gold. So when gold has come out of the ground and it's a, a, a it's a clump of stuff and it's all over the place, before you see that pretty little necklace or wedding ring, we see gold is just like a clump of bad-looking stone. And what they do is they pour this into a little bowl, they put it in the fire, they heat it to temperatures above which any human hand can withstand, and all the impurities in that gold floats to the top. It floats to the top. Um, and again, this is my analogy. When we are being purged, when we've been put in the fire by God and we're being sanctified, all of those things, those impurities within us, they float at the top. So a lot of Christians will go through a season where they are fighting things they thought they got rid of. And all of a sudden, all of these things are spilling out. And eventually, they take a little cup and they remove the impurities from the top and they pour the gold out into a brick and they turn it around and they've got a perfect, beautiful, golden brick 
and 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 this is ultimately what happens to to us as we go into the fire we'll go in as many times as we need to go in in order to purge each and every single one of those impurities that 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 are still taking hold of our lives yeah and you, so um I couldn't get it to come up at first, but now it's up and you can't see it because it messed up. So right here, if you have great eyes or if you're watching us on a huge TV, you'll see that it says <laughs> make holy. So that that's what's sanctified in a very simple way. Amen. But then you have to ask, you understand what holy is. Holy is set apart. What JD gave you is a very in-depth understanding of what it means to be set apart, right? But to sanctify us is to set us apart, to make us different, to separate us from those that are not in Christ, right? To sanctify us. And when you understand that what sanctification is, is not on you. Me and JD have talked about this a lot. This is what the problem is. People pretend sanctification isn't guaranteed. Like, you know what I mean, JD? If you don't realize that sanctification is guaranteed, then yes, you can believe people can lose their salvation. Yes, you yeah. can believe that someone could be a Christian and just murder everybody. You know, these, oh, so you're saying a Christian is saved by faith alone, so they can just run around doing whatever they want? Well, that wouldn't make sense if you actually understood the doctrine of justification and sanctification, because sanctification is not something that we're in charge of, nor can we stop it. And we see that Jesus literally asks his father, sanctify them. The father does what the son asks. And you are being sanctified. You are being set apart. In fact, I think it's Romans 8 that says you're being conformed to the image of the son. Is it, it's, it's Romans 8 uh, or Romans 9. But that's what, what he's doing with the spirit in you. He is changing you. He is changing your nature, changing who you are to be more like him. In fact, this is a great, I forget where I heard this from, but Jesus became like us so we can become like him. And that's the truth. Yeah. He became like us I mean, took on our weaknesses so we can have his perfection. You've got it there in verse 19. I mean, it's, it's you know, John 17, 19. Jesus says it. He literally says it. Yeah. And he says, I, for my, and for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified. So if, if, if a Christian does not get sanctified, wouldn't you believe that that means Jesus failed his consecration? Yeah. Absolutely. We went over this earlier. This ain't meant to be one of those episodes on eternal security, but you know me and JD, like it might as well be the sub subcategory of every episode. We going to every episode, every episode yeah. that you belong to Jesus and ain't nothing going to happen to anybody who belongs to Jesus because it's Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you don't mm -hmm. like it, if you don't like it, there's a little button at the corner of your screen. Deuces. God bless you. Go in peace and have a blessed <laughs> and amazing day. <laughs> We, we preach Jesus over here and we love him. I'm going to tell you, yo, let me tell you something, JD, side note, because I know that people like to see us just have conversations. You see, I don't be even trying to make him laugh, guys. I don't be trying. I'm just being me. Just right, Trev. Okay, <laughs> I love his last as well. Um, <laughs> so we are being sanctified, we are being sanctified <laughs> and being made perfect. We are being conformed to the image of the sun. And you see, that hurts sometimes. I'll be honest, it does. For example, I mean, if you're the potter's clay, can you imagine if someone was really forming you by hand and how much that would hurt to have someone form and change who you are? 
I mean, that's what the Lord calls us, that we are the clay and he's the potter. And if he's forming us, then he's going to finish what he makes us as. And he's, and guess what? Even if you trip and stumble and, and that clay falls over, what does the potter do? He picks it back up. As long as it's wet, he can continue to shape it. He can continue to mold it. As long as your father's hands are on you, he will finish that work. And that's why I have Philippians 1 queued up. Because Philippians 1 and 2 talks a lot about sanctification. It says that he who began a mighty good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He is Amen. working on you and building you. And if you go to the very next chapter, the one that everybody says, work out your salvation with trembling and fear, they don't realize this isn't about losing salvation. This is about walking through your sanctification. Why? Yeah. Because it literally says right after that. Um, oops, I didn't even I didn't even scroll all the way down there. There we go. Right after that, he says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all Amen. things without grumbling or disputing. So it's about this the God's gonna work in you, God's gonna push you, God's gonna, it's gonna hurt sometimes, but don't do it with grumbling. How many of you have met the Christian who grumbles? I, I know I have. Like, yeah, we got, I'm a Christian. I got to do that. I don't, maybe I'm, maybe I'm the only one. Maybe I'm the standout, but I know Christians that will actually say things like, you know, Jesus is watching or oh, I'm a Christian. He doesn't want that. Don't do it because he looking. Keep the same energy you would have if he's not looking. That's what he wants. Oh yeah. Amen. Amen. Oh, and, and another one I love to go to is, is we've, we see this, this for anyone who's done a, a, and that's actually something we will get into because we've still got many, many episodes to get through. But when we get through the book of, when we get to the book of Acts oh. in, right. I in mean, a year and a half. Yes. Continue. Yeah. In a year and a half, two years, <laughs> when we get to the book of Acts, like there's, there's so much in there with regards to eternal security and sanctification. And one of the one of the scriptures I love the most is in Acts 26. Paul is standing before the religious leaders. And in verse Ooh, 18, he, he wait, I'll bring it up. Yeah, I love Acts 26 because that's is that his final message to them? Yeah, yeah. It's we standing before the leaders and he's talking about how he used to persecute oh. the church of God. And yeah, go to one Acts 26. Most, I mean, those final chapters in Acts before Paul leaves them, and he man, it's all beautiful back there. So let's yeah, let's go to Acts 26. Let's see if that's the one you're um, thinking of. What do you want it at? Paul's defense. Yeah. And if you go to verse 18, well, you can go from verse 13. There we go. Paul tells of his conversion. Look at this. This is now he's telling the story of his conversion. And again, you can see you can see the same thing in Acts chapter nine. But but look what he says here. In this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests at midday. O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven brighter than the sun and shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. And I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and a witness to the things in which you have seen me and those in which I will appear to you delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you. And here it is to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are 
sanctified, sanctified. <laughs> by faith in me. By so faith. again, just just a beautiful passage of scripture where we see again you you are turned from. Look at the process. You are turned from darkness to light. Your sins are forgiven. Notice that he doesn't say the process of forgiveness. Notice he doesn't say <laughs> that you might be sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Notice he doesn't say that you're, you don't have any security. You will be gambling and walking on this road until the day you die. And hopefully you get in. No, he says your sins are forgiven. You have turned from darkness to light and you are being sanctified with those who are already forgiven and already saints. Man. When you said that, it reminded me of this, which I know I've done before, and you might have heard this before, but for anybody new here, I wanted to go back to when Saul first gets gets uh, 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 knocked off his high horse, right? And I love this little moment because, and I think I've shared it with JD before, we see Ananias being talked to. God comes to Ananias, and it says, Ananias, uh, uh, I'm sorry, it says, the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight. And at a house at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. And as we know right here, Ananias kind of pushes back, like, hold up, Lord. That's the dude that's been killing us. That's the dude that's been knocking us out. That's the dude that's mm. literally been ravaging the church, Lord. God said to him, Listen, go, for he is chosen. He is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. But that's not the end of the message. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Because he's going to change Saul. He's going to put Saul through a lot of things, right? He's going to put him through that sanctification. And this is what I really wanted to point out. Because... A problem we have with sanctification is it's all about I and my sanctification. And you want people to understand like, hey, I'm not perfect yet. I'm still being sanctified. But how often do we not look at that ignorant, rude, judgmental Christian as another person who's also going through sanctification? I want you to see what Ananias mm. does when he meets Saul. So Ananias meets Saul. He goes there. God sent him to go. Remember what he just said. Remember what he just said? He said, but Lord, actually, I'll quote it for you just so you know. Lord, I have heard many things about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints of Jerusalem. Um, and here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. That's the last thing Ananias says about Saul. And then it says, Ananias departed and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, brother Saul. I just said right there. The first word he saw was brother Stahl. This is the murderer. This is the man I just said, Lord, I'm, I'm in fear of going to him. That is an evil man. Mm. God said, I said, go. And he said, brother Saul. There was no side eye. How many of us do the side eye to a Christian? We know that, that we, we, we know that Christians, he's pursuing God, but he ain't in right line with me. So we side eye him. And I didn't go in there and look at him like, hey, Saul. Hey, hmm, wake up, Saul. Wake up. You lucky. You lucky the Lord said you saved, bro. I knocked you out. No. He walked in there and said, brother, Saul. Yeah, amen, man. Brother, Saul. How many of us treat our sanctified brothers and sisters like brothers and sisters? Or is it always this? This, this, 
mm, man, this, yeah, this self-pride, this, this ego, this anger, this flesh. Like, it's crazy how much it happens yeah. in, in the Christian community. Yeah. And, and it's, it's sad when you see brothers and sisters in Christ going, going at each other's throats because of the historicity. Or, or, you know, you, you go, you're like, church, you weren't there, bro. You don't know exactly. None of us know exactly. We've got what we've got. Like, this is what the word says. And this is what we go by. And then people go read other sources outside the Bible. And they're like, I know more than you know. Well, that's cool. But let, let me tell you something, guys. A gospel, a gospel where God doesn't sanctify his people is about as useful as a tortoise with a handbrake. It's 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 a pointless exercise. If if God wasn't sanctifying us, if God wasn't sanctifying, if He wasn't purging the things that that we hate, as Paul explains in Romans seven, that what I hate, that I do. He says it so openly. That what I hate. That I, that's the stuff I end up doing. And again, if we didn't have these things, these these things evidence in our life, we wouldn't notice a change. And again, for a lot of people out there, I just want to, I want to put something, something else to you. Sanctification keeps you humble. And what, it, what does JD mean by that? If you are being sanctified and you're, you're, you're falling into the same patterns, again, sometimes sickness, sometimes situations, sometimes circumstance are God uses those to keep you humble so that you keep looking at him. Again, God protects us. We see this in, in Psalm 23, that, that the Lord is with us as we go through the darkest valley. God is with us. His rod, his staff, they comfort and they protect. Again, when we look at the, the, the metaphor of the rod and the staff, sometimes that rod is there for chastisement and other times it is there to pull us back and go, you're, you're, you're wandering. You're wandering, you're going off the you're going off the path, you're wandering. And and these moments of sanctification remind us that we need to be looking up, remind us that we need to be looking at the cross, not at the situation, not at the circumstance. And that we see these beautiful situations. And this is why I mentioned the book of Acts, because we see the apostle Peter go through his sanctification. We see Paul go through his sanctification and we get to read about it. We even see Paul openly rebuke Peter who walked with Christ because of certain ways he's acting. He's getting puffed up. He's getting, I've arrived. I'm Peter. No one knows more than me. And Paul's like, yo, homie, hey, come back down to earth. Where have you elevated yourself to? Because that's not how we're supposed to be as Christians. And again, Mark said it, I've said it. If ever we get to a point where, where we are puffed up with pride and one of our brothers and sisters don't come out and say, hey, what's going on? They don't rebuke us. They don't correct us. I'm, I'm, I'm worried if, if, if you're truly my brother or sister in Christ. Because no, I, I agree we, 100%. We are called to do that for one another. Now, I will say this. I want, I want to point some stuff out. One of the best ways when it comes to walking in sanctification that I've, you know, been able to really recognize is at the end of the day, it's not hard. We overthink this stuff. When you go through the scriptures, if you go to Romans 12, for example, oh, let me open it up. Hold on. Of course. Boom. 
when we go through Romans 12, we actually see where Paul makes a different direction in Romans. And we start, we see this a lot in Paul's letters, these moments where he says stuff like this, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not be slothful in zeal, etc. He's given these instructions. You have to understand Paul is writing this letter to young Christians, young believers in the faith. And he's not just saying, hey, you should do this because... And, you know, you should. These are ways to actually help your sanctification because sanctification mm. is only mm. hard because you're literally trying to break the habits of the flesh. Right. Right. So let's think about it. Honestly, for I don't know. Let's say you came to Christ at 20. I know some came before, some came after. Let's just say 20. That's 20 years in your flesh separated from God, loving your sin. And then you get the spirit and the spirit's been there for a day. Your flesh is still extremely addicted to sin it does not go away overnight and and this is one thing that makes me upset with these little deliverance ministries or anyone that makes this idea like you should just be changed overnight anyone who says they came to christ yesterday and today they're walking like uh like they're literally moses after he saw god's face just just mm, mm. <laughs> or when someone says i got a thousand demons cast out and now i don't sin anymore that's impossible because your flesh has sinned for so long. You have to break some habits and you're not about to lie to me and tell you're not. And if you want help mm. with those habits, start building new habits. And the Bible, our guide to faith, gives you those new habits. Walk in light. Mm. Walk as Christ walks. This is why me and Paul, me and Paul, look, I'm, I'm calling you Paul now. Me and JD did an entire episode <laughs> of all the works that Paul commands. And what did we find out that night? For anybody that's been watching us for a while, because we didn't always used to have 100, we used to have like 10. But those guys, remember, <laughs> that episode, Paul talks about works like extremely. We spent two hours talking about all the works that Paul commands in all his letters. It blows James out the water because people think James is the only one that says faith without works is dead. It blows John out the water. Paul talks about works in every single letter because he's, he's giving instructions to walk in the way that Christ walked, because here's the thing. If God is sanctifying you and making you like Christ, why would you not therefore try to be like Christ so you're walking with the sanctification? Walking yeah. that way is like, God, I know you're making me like Christ, but I'm going to run that way as much as possible, and I'm going to get as much of the world <laughs> while you're trying to make me like Christ. And I'm going to tell you right now, you can't outrun God, but it's going to hurt when he drags you. Because if you're Amen. running that way, eventually you're going to run out of string and now you're being dragged. And I'm telling Amen. you right now, Hebrews chapter 12 says, for the moment it hurts, but it produces fruit of righteousness by those that are trained by it. But it hurts. <laughs> it hurts. Don't forget that yeah. the Lord is not afraid to chastise you. Amen. Amen. I mean, and we see and and you don't the same the way the same way Paul mentions um, the works we do in every single epistle. You mentioned sanctification in in virtually every single epistle too. Um, first, first and second Thessalonians, um, as well as Colossians three, Galatians chapter four and five. He he constantly brings up the the things we have to do. In in one Thessalonians four verse three and five, he says, "For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should that you should abstain from fornic fornication." He, and this is this is a common theme with with the apostle Paul. I mean, he says to us in Colossians chapter three. Therefore, mortify your members which are upon the earth: fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, 
evil concubines, uh, covetousness, idolatry. He, he he says the same thing in, in Galatians chapter 5, just before he goes into the, the fruit of the Spirit. He mentions what are the what are the lusts of the flesh? What are the conditions of the sinful man? Again, he is talking to those who were once in that life and who have now left that life. So, so we we have to look at the broadest broader scope here. So I wanted to do something fun because, you know, I like to do this kind of stuff on my own, but I figured why not include you guys with it? So I went ahead and did a search on sanctify in the ESV. So this is how many times the word sanctify is found in the ESV. It's 16 times and it's translated from that word right there you see on screen, which is hagizio. I, I probably, did I pronounce that properly, JD? Hagizio? Hagiazo? Yeah. Hagiazo. Yeah. Okay. So let's I want let's just do it together. I didn't do this before the show. Let's look at every time that that word and we'll look at sanctification next and and, and look at that. But sanctify John 17, 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So that's the first time we see sanctify right there is God doing it to us. John 17, 19. And for their sake, I consecrate myself. It's interesting that they wait a minute. They highlight that's also sanctifying the KG. Yeah, uh -huh. it means so the same what, thing. So this is the same Greek word. Interesting. That's why they highlighted it. So in Greek, he's saying, I sanctify myself so that they may be sanctified in truth. Uh, so that again, literally, yeah. It's Jesus. Yeah, the KJV it. translates it that way. I, yes, I so sanctify. Yeah. Yeah, it's God Sorry. doing it to you, though. That's the main point. We we get better at it. Um, <laughs> Acts 20, verse 32. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. That's what JD read, but actually he read 26 where he says it again um, in, in Acts 26. We can go past that one. Romans 15, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Again, who's doing the sanctifying here? The Holy Spirit. Yeah. And yeah. Why, Mike, why are we reading all these? When you come to understand that it's the Holy Spirit doing it, how can you then believe that you could not be sanctified? You understand what I'm saying? If, if it's not you doing it, if it's God sanctifying his believers, and we're going to read in, in Hebrews, which I think it's coming up soon, that he does it perfectly, how can someone in Christ fail sanctification and fall away? Because sanctification is to make them holy. If you fall away, you ain't holy. Do you see where yeah. the, the house of cards starts to fall apart? Uh, uh, let's see. What, which one is next? Uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 2. To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus. In 1 uh, Corinthians 6, 11. And such were some of you, but you were washed and uh, you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and, that by, and by the Spirit of God. By the Spirit of God. Ephesians 5, that he might sanctify her, talk about the church, the bride, um, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. First Thessalonians, mm. we have, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you. Hebrews 2, for he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source, mm. which is God the Father. Hmm. Hebrews 2.11 says it again because it's repeated. Hebrews 9.13, for if the blood and goat... Oh, I love this one. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, I, I need you to see what it says next. I need you to see what it says next because it's, it's very powerful for what it's saying. 
How much more will the blood of Christ? Yeah. Yeah. The, well, you, you know it. Read it because I don't even see it yet. I'm looking for it. Oh, there it is. How much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living works. God? That means mm. this mm. is literally saying Christ's blood can purify you. So unless you believe, this is why people don't like me because I don't do this back and forth. I'll straight up say, oh, you don't believe Christ's blood is powerful enough. I'm not letting you get past with, with spitting on Christ's blood. I know it seems rude. Mike, why would you say something like that to someone who clearly loves Jesus? Because if you love Jesus and you're spitting on his blood, I want you to know you're doing it. Like if somebody was disrespect, disrespecting your mother, would you rather me sugarcoat it and say, hey, somebody was not being so nice about your mom? Or would I say, hey, someone was trampling all over what your mother does and what your mother said or something, et cetera, right? The, the blood of Christ is perfect. It is. It needs Amen. nothing. It needs no help Amen. from you. Oh, but salvation is about our cooperation. Bro, if we're cooperating, we would, if we have 0.0001% of our own salvation, then we will never be 100% saved. Did you hear me? If we have, if we're responsible for 0.00001% of our sanctification and salvation, you will never see 100%. You'll end up at 99.0, I mean, 0.9999999999. Because you can't do it. <laughs> Amen. What are y'all not Amen, saying? man. Oh, sorry. Absolutely. Praise JD, Jesus, man. JD. Praise last, Jesus. I'm going to let you read the last couple because these ones are bangers. I want you to bang on them. Go ahead. Hebrews 10.10. 10. Hebrews 10.10. 10. And by that, we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. What? What? Once, Once for all. For all. <laughs> no, no. That's Man, one is even more. Love the next one is even more of a banger. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let me get something for by up. a Go single ahead. offering, by a single offering, not multiple offerings, not offering again and again. Not daily offerings for a single offering. He has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Oh man, it's so good. Hebrews 10 is so good. And this is why when people go to Hebrews 10 6, we, we, we look at them and we're like, really? Really? It's crazy. It blows my mind. You can have people literally look you in the eyes and say to you, yeah, no, I read the Bible. And yes, a Christian can definitely fall from grace. What does they have been perfected mean? Well, <laughs> yeah, man. So you uh, can make what so what God makes perfect, you can make imperfect. Tell me, please. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you say? Man. You can smack the hands of the potter off the clay and say, back potter for i am the clay and i mold myself how i shall will is that what you i know I, that made no grammatical sense but i'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> Man, pretending to be those guys and this is just it guys we've got 104 in the chat right now if anybody comes to you with hebrews 10 26 for if you carry on sinning willfully there remains no more uh, just ask them to read the whole of hebrews 10 or in fact say let's stop there let's read the whole of hebrews 10 because the whole of hebrews 10 confirms eternal security and guess what then you got them looking like spongebob in the middle of the desert they are crusty they got nothing to say dried up like a prune because that is just a bad argument hebrews 10 26 is a bad really? argument
I gotta admit, I was acting like that was those were bangers, but I just realized in a quick glance when I looked up sanctification, the version of that verb, hagiasmos, I think this might be even stronger. This might be the eternal uh, security episode. L L brothers and sisters in Christ, I want you to hear the words that are about to be spoken. Thus says the Lord Amen. also, this isn't Mike talking. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification. Then he says this a couple verses yeah. later. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. I want you to, I tell you all the time, the Holy Spirit is not is not a grammar failure. Like I know you and me are failures at grammar and we're going to mess words up. Holy Spirit don't do that. He don't misspeak. Amen. Listen to what the Holy Spirit said right here. He said that when you become a slave to God, the fruit you get, not the fruit you might get, not the fruit, you, there's a possibility of you getting, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end. Just in case someone wants to come in and say, well, you could fail sanctification. Well, that don't make sense because this says it also leads to its end, which is what? Eternal life. Very next one, 1 Corinthians 1.30. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. 1 Thessalonians 4. For this is the will of God, your sanctification that uh, for this is the will of God, comma, your sanctification, colon, right? That's, that's, there's a pause here. And then it goes on that you abstain from sexual immorality. The reason I'm reading it that way is because there's a lot more to that. He's talking about all these things you need to stay away from, but pay attention for this is the will of God, your sanctification, colon. And then it's going to go over all those things that sanctification should lead to. But mm, if mm, we just mm, focus mm. on the beginning of this portion, if it's God's will that you be sanctified, are we are do we dare say you have the capability to say not my not your will God but mine? Jesus said not my will but <laughs> yours. These people think not your will but mine. And they yeah. say, what do they say JD? What do they always say? Well, what if I walked away? Then you don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And you never knew him, ago. man. <laughs> then you never I knew him. A couple days ago, this I woke up and the Lord told me stop sugarcoating. And like I felt it in my heart. He said, "Stop sugarcoating." Like, no. If you, if you think you could walk away, I don't think you know the same Jesus I know. I couldn't walk yeah. away from him. Plastic cross, bro. Yeah, they got they got themselves they got themselves a plastic Jesus. He's 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 no more real than than Bobby or Ken because ultimately they've if you can walk away from God, if you can walk away from the goodness, exactly what the author of Hebrews says: No one, for it is impossible for those who have tasted of the heavenly gift, who have been partakers of the Holy Ghost, if they should fall away. You cannot be a partaker of God. Again, what do we see in another passage of Scripture? And Paul mentions this again and again. Peter mentions the same thing. We are part of what? The body of Christ. So I don't wake up one day, um, don't like the look of my hands, and go, chop, chop, those hands are off, uh, moving on. Now I'm gonna be handless. Hey JD, you know, totally yeah. gonna be a child real quick. I'm what you're saying probably is really important, but how many times does your name appear in the Bible? Mine's 15 times. <laughs> All right, back to being okay. Sorry, let me not interrupt. JD, real quick. Go ahead, JD. I'm sorry. I'm out, guys. 
<laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> oh man. I'm sorry. I know. And, and, and this is <laughs> just grow up, bro. Just go to Egypt. Go to Egypt. Come oh, back a better man. Come I back sanctified. <laughs> I told my wife, I said, hey, don't be surprised if we call them back home. Like, yo, just enjoy the kids, bro. We're not coming back. <laughs> I told you I'm going to Egypt soon. I won't tell y'all exactly when for safety reasons, but it's coming up soon. And I am so excited. And I've been actually, it's actually oh, becoming man. real in my head that I'm going to get to walk where it all began before Israel. Yeah. Like where Joseph was at, where we're reading in, in, in our Bible readings, where Moses was at, where the Jews were saved. And, and it's 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 going to be it's going to be fun. Uh, but um, yeah, J.D., I just wanted to point it out there that uh, my name's in the Bible a lot. I'm just saying. Just saying. Yeah, well. Hey, I'm just saying uh, that in, the, in Daniel 12, it says at that time shall arise Michael. I'm just saying maybe this is a prophecy about me. Guys, I'm not being serious. <laughs> Let me just be careful because there's people on here that don't know Mike's humor. <laughs> JD, how much? I was just, <laughs> how much you want to bet somebody already clipped it, and they could be like true Christian ministry. <laughs> true Christian I was about ministry. to say, bro. You, 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 <laughs> I was gonna say, like you, you better end that with a. I'm kidding because someone will go. I told you. I, I told you. <laughs> Look yeah, at him. He's claiming to me. <laughs> like where you can't even cut that without it sounding like you cut it. Like I had to go in there like, yeah, and that's not real guys. Just one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's Back just to your too good. The program of uh, Bible study where we're not actually. Uh, man. Oh, so, well, so, you know what? I'll save it. I'll save it. I'll save it. No, you know what? Side note, because we are talking about sanctification, right? We're talking about sanctification and we're also talking about, um, uh, lately, we've been talking about, uh, you know, because this is a question that comes up a lot, especially, matter of fact, it probably comes up with sanctification. Well, Mike, do Christians need to be delivered, right? And, and I don't want to go into that topic 100%, but we have to touch it because if someone's convinced you that in order for your sanctification to be complete, you must be delivered, we have to nip this in the bud. And if you've been watching my videos, you've heard this already, but not everybody watches my TikTok, right? I can't, I can't just pretend everybody that watches us here is on uh, uh, TikTok. So I want you to hear a couple things. First and foremost, actually, I'm just going to do this. There's a special word in the Bible that I think we forget about, and it's the word redemption. And I don't know what I thought I spelled. I spelled correctly that time. Thank you. So when we go to redemption in the New Testament, people don't realize this, but this word actually means to redeem. deliver or to mm. release the captives, right? So the mm. word redemption... And then if we go here, uh, uh, I believe it's 1 Corinthians is what I was looking for. Um, and because of him, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom. We just read this for sanctification, but end <laughs> redemption. And as I mentioned, I don't even have my Greek up, which is really getting on my nerves. Oh, there it is. It's down there. But <laughs> look here to the left. Deliverance, <laughs> deliverance, ransoming, and liberation. So when someone says Christians need to be delivered, it's almost like they're saying you have not yet been redeemed. Listen to me clearly. If anyone tells you Christians need to be delivered, they are literally saying that you need redemption. And I don't know about you. I don't know about them. I don't know about anybody else. But I don't need redemption if I'm in Christ Jesus. And there's one more passage I wanted to show JD that I ran across the other day that I thought was actually uh, perfect for this exact argument. What made you laugh that time? 
me getting angry at Logos, my frustrations as a child. What is it? Oh, man. Yeah, just he's just on. He's just sorry, guys. I apologize. I'm not extra happy and I don't have the giggles. It's like just being a clown. Oh, that's why I'm in the wrong thing. <laughs> delivered. Oh, All right. Oh, there's too many times with delivered. Talk I'm for trying, time. Shelly, I really want to show you this. I really want to show you this. Uh, show you this. So you talk for a minute while I find this. You just talk for a bit, like that's. <laughs> Check what he does. Do you see what he does? Talk, man. Am I the only one that can just talk with at will? I thought it was a God-given gift. We have vocal cords, man. Oh man, yeah, guys. I I can't just talk. I can't just talk on cue because oh, that's Jay -Z, you're such a child about this. Do you know that? This is look. Here it is. It's first Michael's. It. First Michael's. First Michael's chapter three. No, first... no, no. <laughs> listen, listen though. For anybody that now, now we're serious, right? See, we keep going back between fun and serious. Make you laugh, make you cry. Make you laugh, make you cry. This one is going to give you confidence next time you come across one of these Salvador's uh, prophet loveys. And this one's yeah. called a, I call this a prophetic slap. So you don't got to actually physically assault them. But this statement right here is prophetically just slapping the mess out of these false teachers. Someone says Christians yeah. need to be delivered. Look them in the eyes and say, hmm, where do I want to start? We'll start uh, right here. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So not only do you have redemption, which means deliverance, but it literally says he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. So unless you think that the demons is two-stepping through the kingdom of God, you've lost your ever-loving mind. Yeah. And Amen. <clears throat> absolutely absolutely and this is this is this is the reality of <laughs> if you haven't watched michael's recent videos on tiktok going back and forth with this subject um and we'll definitely do a much longer episode on why the christian cannot be indwelled with a demon um we'll definitely jump into that when he gets back from egypt but uh i think next week um uh, am i alone next week on the no, podcast next week i'm i'm on here next week um, um, it's coming soon though. JD doesn't understand how, uh, secrecy works. Uh, there we, I will be, I'm not lying. I will be on the podcast next week, but it is coming very, very soon. Um, so, but come on, Jenny, we can't be letting out too much information. Wait till I'm in the <laughs> to let them know. <laughs> let's remember this just four years ago like 27 christians got beheaded in egypt and i'm not acting like i'm anything important but i do talk a lot of mess for the lord jesus christ on tiktok so there's no reason to instigate danger <laughs> don't get me wrong i don't care bring it but uh no reason to instigate it but no um jd you said uh we talk about why a christian can't be indwelt and i thought about something exactly it's yeah. all answered right here. And I brought the KJV up because I actually like it in the KJV better here because the choice of a certain word. Know ye not that ye are temples of God and that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. So Oof. in mine, in, my, in the ESV, it says, if anyone destroys the temple of God, God shall destroy them. And it does mean to, to defile, but I don't want you to think of that the, the, I have to be straight up killed by a demon for God to step in. This is saying that you are a temple of God. And if anyone defiles that, 
Who do you think he's talking to? Talking to you too. This is why we talked about in the other episode. If we're a Christian, but we choose to continue to defile our body, don't think God's going to protect you from cancer. Like people are like, why, why do Christians, you know, get, you know, uh, have this and overweight and heart attacks. Where's your God at? We, we're supposed to take care of this temple. If we choose not yeah. to take care of the temple, God's Amen. not promising you to stay around in this body. It's no problem disciplining you and seeing that death isn't the end. If anything, that's not even a serious discipline from God. Like if you really think yeah. about it, like if you're in Christ, death is kind of like just a, you're done playing down there. Now you got to come back home. Like get, get back in the house, get back in the house. Like, but dad, I was having fun on earth. Get, get back in the house. Like, yes, father. Uh, first Corinthians <laughs> chapter three. This is first Corinthians chapter three. Sorry guys. Um, Amen. Amen. But yeah, I mean, it, we've gone through one Corinthians chapter three, I think on like 40 or 50 <laughs> podcast episodes, like one Corinthians three is one we come back to again and again and again, because I mean, Paul just laying, laying it down. He's laying it down. <laughs> I don't even have normal yeah. highlights over here. I've got a whole lesson. This, I've got it prepped to literally walk you through this, which honestly you can see sanctification in here for others. Oh, matter of fact, this is this. It's not about sanctification. It's about your walk with the Lord, but your walk with the Lord involves sanctification and what you build upon the foundation of Christ can cause you a punishment and it will be tested mm. in the fire and you can be punished. You can be. This is where people get mixed up. I want you guys to, we need to really, so I, I really would love to get someone that can like just create a cool document with like Bible words that we use a lot in this show. But you need to understand something that when it comes to judgment, Christians do not step before God in the same judgment that the wicked do. Let me say that again, in case you didn't hear it. You will not, if you're in Christ, I'm not going to sell you a false hope if you're not, but if, if you're in Christ, you will not answer for your sins in, in respect to condemnation. People always do that. Like when you talk about once saved, always saved and, and, and faith alone, they're like, so wait, you're telling me you don't have to stand before God? No. Have you read the Bible? There's nothing about you and I standing before God. In fact, Jesus says it. And I point to John 5 all the time. Because like, I think this is the clearest you can ever find it. He says, I say to you, whoever heareth my word and believeth, oh, I'm in KJV still. That's why. I'm like, why is this saying hear it? <laughs> truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Listen. He does not come into judgment, but passed from death to life. Yeah. Amen. Same JD, thing with 2 Corinthians 5. Amen. You know what makes me upset, JD? When I talk about why I stand where I stand with baptism, I want to be big screen for this because there's always somebody watching that doesn't agree, and I want them to hear this. Whenever we talk about once they always saved, baptism, faith alone, even if you agree with me, if you're facing someone else, listen to what I'm saying. You cannot. Debate against another Christian like this. JD, just uh, uh, let's pretend JD just pointed to John 5 about not, not standing before judgment. And my response to him was, what about verse this over here? If yeah. I fail to approach that verse, what I'm doing is I'm either admitting that I'm wrong off the rip or that I believe in a contradicting Bible. We cannot look yeah. over there if questions must be answered here. And I do, I, I lay things out. And nobody ever talks about the things I bring up when it comes to eternal security. I say this boldly if you're one of those people that watches and records me. 
None of you have ever challenged what I actually say about eternal security. You make videos saying, well, what about this? What about Judas? What about this? And it's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Do you believe the Bible that contradicts itself? Or are you about to tell me what these verses mean? What does it mean yeah. when it says you believe me, you don't come into judgment? You need to reconcile that. And guys, I'm telling you this as advice. If you're going against someone that brings up a verse that you can't comprehend, you can't reconcile, you need to go back and, and, and chew on that before you jump down their throat. Because if you can't, then you're not going to be able to guide them out of that. You got to be able to say, look, I can understand. I could tell you what that means. But can you tell me yeah. what this means? Because I, I can mm. tell you exactly how that works. Yeah. You're not talking about this, though. Why? That's not how we do yeah. this. We don't, we don't do like, well, I like Timothy better. Uh, matter of fact, we talk about sanctification. J JD, what does Second Timothy say? Uh, uh, Second Timothy. Yeah, I was going to say to you, you can, you can literally go through Second Timothy chapter two again, but I mean, but yeah. here's also like just awesome. on that yeah. thing. I like I'm talking about the scripture part. All scripture breathed out by God, profitable for what? Oh yeah, uh, amen. Uh, this amen. is the one I want you to read for training in righteousness that the man of God Second may Timothy be complete. And that word complete means perfect. It's right here. Oh, I don't have the. JD, why are you telling me I had the Bible open? <laughs> Second Timothy 3.16, folks. 3.16 and 17. That's I'm over here at. highlighting the Greek term. Like this right here where my <clears throat> mouse is moving and I look over and you're just staring at me. I didn't I didn't even realize you actually were going there. So I'm, I'm my bad. My bad. And, and I just want to say before Mike reads this. like No, you're going to read it. I have to stand up for two seconds. There's, there's got to be, there's got to be a time. There's got to be a time. There's, there's got to be a time where you walk away. Like you, you can't, you can't always be going back and forth with the same people over the same things. Like you see these people that have these banners up on TikTok and every single live, they've got the same banner up constantly telling you what isn't but they're never really telling you what is constantly telling you what they don't agree with but never really telling you what they do agree with um and they just looking to open up these debates um and they're going back and forth with the same arguments like modalists they you know the right hand jesus isn't physically at the right hand of the father it's the power it's this Shot it's that jesus yeah, amen. Welcome back, bro. And and there has to be a point, and, and I'm saying this because I love my brothers and sisters in Christ. There has to be a point where you in sync the thing, man. You got to in sync the thing and be like, hey, hey, bye, bye, bye. You got to get on out. You got to get on out. Like you can't be, you can't be going Mr. backwards Madison, and forwards. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. <laughs> Mr. Madison, what you just... I'm extremely disappointed that you just buy-buy-buy them, bro. Uh, you got to buy-buy-buy them. We do need, <laughs> we do need uh, that sound clip, but do you know you had a perfect opportunity for the my favorite sound clip? You had it. There was, it, was, it was laying on your lap. And instead oh, let of, it go. Yeah, instead of utilizing it, you didn't use it. You could have been like, guys, you just need to. We, we've Let done. We've done. We've done, Elsa. We've done, Elsa. It's time to move on to Timberlake. Timberlake the thing, people. Elsa's let it go. And Justin said, bye, bye, bye. And, and now I'm telling every single one who battles with 
eternal security and preaches that you can lose your salvation, this is what I'm going to sing to you. Cry me a river. Timberlake. You can literally go to Timberlake for anything. Like Justin Timberlake is like, he's the go-to. He's the go-to guy, man. Yes. Timberlake. Now, on the opposite thing. side, JD's telling you he'll say bye, bye, bye and cry me a river. But when it comes to being petty, I'm the one saying it's going to be May. Like I'm jumping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was oh, good. We need to quit. Wait, this is terrible. What are we doing? All right. On a serious note, guys. Oh, let's that was about, good. Let's talk about our Lord that and Savior good. Jesus Christ. Um, Amen. So let's read this. Let's read this. All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Again, this training in righteousness, again, sanctification, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. So we cannot, first of all, we cannot do anything or listen or apply anything that comes outside of God's word. Like that false prophet Lovey said, you may have heard this lie in Christianity that God, if not all, not all God's word is found in the Bible. Bro, I, I need tell to you get that sound that. clip of the wow, wow, yes, preach, yes, wow, yes, wow. <laughs> I'm going to get that sound clip. Every time you drop some fire, bro, I'm playing that. Yes, yes, preach, yes, amen, yes. That it's just summarized. Oh, the problem in Christianity today. I feel like that moment in that video I shared was like literally the problem. Like, I'm going to tell you something mm. guys, deep, guys. Not everything must be confirmed in the Bible. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah. <laughs> what are you wowing? Yo? What, are you, what are you doing? Um, but I wanted to point out, though, the Greek for that word art uh, complete is artios. And I wanted to emphasize it means perfect. So what this is saying is all scripture is is profitable for you and it's capable it's capable of, of making sure that you the man of god and the woman of god may be perfect in christ Amen. in the very next part and equipped for every good work which also tells you if there's anything anything outside of scripture that people say you need I want to make sure mm. people try to take this and this is where they kind of straw man, straw man you a little bit and, and go with a couple fallacies where if you say something like this, they say, are you saying there's nothing beneficial outside of scripture? Absolutely not. What I'm saying mm. is all you need is in scripture. If there's things outside of scripture Amen. that can also help you in your journey, like JD's not in scripture and he helps me in my journey. Thank you, JD. I love you. Uh, uh, like that's not scripture, but I don't need JD. He makes my journey easier. I have someone to lean on. I have someone to go to. I have someone that I can say things to that won't judge me, where I can share intimate like issues in my life, where I know he's not going to go and make a video about me. But I don't mm. need mm. him for my walk. Jesus will make Amen. sure I'm good, but my walk Amen. is easier with him. Yes, uh, uh, this book is not scripture, but since I've read it, it has definitely helped me grow in my love of prayer, right? So we're not saying sola scriptura means so low scriptura yes yeah, yeah. That, that that you shouldn't look outside the bible what we are saying though is everything that you absolutely need 
is in this book right here. Well, there's 66 books. And if for some reason, everyone you know disappeared and you were lost somewhere and all you had was the word of God, you will be fine. If you have no fellowship because there are literally no churches around you and there are no Christians around you and you're not just making the excuse like the lazy Christians, you will be fine because you have the Holy Spirit, the helper, and you have the word of God, which is your guide to faith. Everything you need is there. Again, not saying you cannot get anything outside of it. Traditions are good. I love traditions. They do not trump the Bible. They do not even stand equal to the Bible. In fact, they don't uh, uh, add anything to your salvation. They can just add to making your sanctification better. Amen. Amen and amen. I mean, we, we, we see the same in... Peter's epistles. Peter Peter drops drops the same. First Peter one two he says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and what the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. In Second Peter one he says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. And of Jesus Christ, our Lord, according to his divine power, hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So everything we see when it comes to the the godly man and the walk we have. And this is the common misconception. When people say that, that we don't believe you can lose your salvation, they're like, oh, because you just want to sin. You just want to sin all day. You just, you just want to live in your sin. Like, that's not at all <laughs> what we preach <laughs> on this podcast ever. I, I don't, I don't, we address sin all the time. And yeah, the that's, problem that's of I don't even respect that argument because it's not true. Like, yo, you're yeah. just you're just putting a, a stamp on us of what you believe we believe, and you never listen to me. I see those people all the yeah. time who don't even finish the video. They'll say, like, oh, so you believe this? Like, tell me you didn't finish the video without actually telling me you didn't finish the you video. You didn't finish the video. Because, yeah, Amen. You, ignorance beyond anything. Um, Amen. I was trying to find in first John because you made me think about it. It wasn't I didn't have it planned in my head, where John talks about how the spirit is who teaches us. And I know that this is one that kind of maybe not everybody fully understands. Let me see if I can find it. Do, 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 do. I believe it's first John chapter three or chapter two. Mm, mm, I write these things mm, so you need to receive you, but da, 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 da. oh, here it goes. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you received from him abides in you and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. You see, the Holy Spirit is responsible for your learning. And you might say, well, Mike, wait a minute. We, we learn from you and JD and we learn from these people and we learn from these people. Yes and no, because here's the truth. If someone was in here without the Holy Spirit, JD and I couldn't teach them a thing. We could talk all day long and all they would hear is foolishness, foolishness, make-believe fairy tales. 
Why? Because mm. it's not, May and JD aren't teaching you anything. We are just revealing what the spirit has given us so that the spirit in you can latch it and bring it into your mind and use it. Right. I, I truly yeah. believe that the spirit is just the spirit, the same spirit in you is in us. And if you can't produce these words or these thoughts, why wouldn't he speak to you through your brothers and sisters in Christ and then confirm it in your heart? Like, Hey, I wanted you to hear that. Amen. And that's why sometimes you Amen. hear a message and you're just like, I don't know why I just heard this now, but I feel like I've known this. I just never been able to put it to words. And I see y'all in my comment section, Mike, you've been, you put to words what I've been trying to say. Cause you, the spirit is in you. Sometimes you yet, you have yet to learn how to per, even speak what you already know. And that's why it's important to read the word of God, because if you don't read the word of God, you're not giving your yourself the language that the Holy Spirit speaks. That's the translation right here. This translates the language of the Holy Spirit. He's going to point you here. But if you don't know here, how can he send you there? So you yeah. need to know this. And trust him to guide you. And he will use others to get you there. But without the spirit, you can do nothing. This is why I love Matthew 16. Because he says, who do you say I am? Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. But flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. My father Amen. in heaven revealed that to you. Just as he told them right before he fed 5,000, what did he say? He said that no one knows the father except the son. And no one knows the son except the father. And who the son reveals himself to. He reveals. Amen. He gives truth. And that just he gives knowledge. Absolutely. And that just confirms Tota Scriptura as well. Like everything we read in the scriptures, everything we read in the scriptures, we can take to the bank. And 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 this is this is we look at it like this. This we're not dealing in monopoly money here. We're not dealing with 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 fake change. This is not a game. Every single word, and I said this last night on my life, the Bible doesn't contain god's word the bible is god's word and 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 that's how we need to look at it the bible doesn't contain god's word Amen. but the bible is god's word and if you are looking at it from a, a perspective of exactly and we see we can immediately pick out the christians who look at the bible as a book that's contains some of oh god's words yes man they look at it like a codex where they can yeah. go in and, and and piece together their own doctrine i tell people yeah. all the time yeah. during your sanctification journey we also have to recognize how to identify those that we should not listen to so i'm going to hit you with that before before we end this because i do want you to hear that but this is my 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 best advice to any young christian i say that all the time so honestly that's just hype, hype, uh, hyperbole but it's 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 really good advice. <laughs> if anyone who claims to be a teacher, and I think this is where confusion comes in, JD, because sometimes a warning you give people, they'll say, well, you know, that's not, we can't expect people to know this and everybody's not perfect. The same leniencies for the non-believer, I mean, not the non-believer, the, the, the child in faith, just a normal believer are not the same leniencies that we see for a leader. In fact, I'll, I'll yeah. open up a, a scripture that James. kind of, respects well yeah respects what i'm saying right now in the beginning of james chapter three it makes it very clear not many of you should become teachers my brothers for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness you can't hide behind this like you know uh hey i'm just i'm just called to have faith and do this no you you got a certain level of of responsibility as a teacher right so that's the first thing 
And what I mean, what I, the reason I'm saying that is because of this. If you come across anyone who claims to be a teacher and they run from any part of the Bible, there's a big red flag. Why do I say that's, that? That's It's the red flag. Yeah, it's the There the is not a – ready? I'm going to say this as a Christian that, that is a teacher, whether I like to say that or not. I don't like saying it, but y'all keep telling me, Mike, you're a teacher, so whatever. Um, there's not a single verse in the Bible – that I'm not okay with reading out loud and being able to and, and being able to explain it with the doctrine that I hold. There are some people out there that stay away from certain parts of scripture. Now they sometimes yeah. hide this behind, well, that's not for me. <laughs> that's not written to me. Or they'll say, like, uh, uh, you know, like, oh, well, that's uh, you know, you just don't understand. You gotta go back here to understand that. I, you know, the Hebrew Israelites do this all the time. You'll go to Galatians and be like, um, in Christ there's no Jew or Gentile. Well, we gotta go to yeah. Deuteronomy to understand that. No, no, we don't. No, no, we don't. Matter of fact, you want to know another red flag for a cult? If they only cling to one or two books as their main thing. If someone yeah. only clings to like two books, if all they're ever talking about is Revelation and Deuteronomy, I'm using the Hebrew Roots uh, movement uh, uh, as an example, they'll touch a couple other books. I'm not saying like all they do, but this clinging to certain books or avoiding certain parts of scripture is, is telling you, they aren't comfortable addressing that because it contradicts what they believe. And if they if they believe a Bible that's contradictory, why would you learn from them? Why would you listen to them? Yeah, and 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 here's here's, here's another example. Um, and and to answer your question as well, my sister Danny, that that if anyone thinks that the Bible is missing books or it's not the full Bible, they've already got a faith issue. There's still a heart problem. It's a definite heart problem because if we have faith that God said he would preserve his word and that he would magnify his word even above his own name, then we have faith that the 66 closed canon Bible we have today is God's word perfectly preserved in the English language, in the Spanish language, the French language, whatever the case may be. Can I have my two we cents on that? One of the things I like yeah. to tell people is – could we go down that path of explaining why and this, this, and that? But if if the person I'm speaking to is a believer, this is the question I want to ask before anything. Do you believe in a God that can't pr protect his word? Because here's the truth of it. At the end of the day, yes, for the, for the atheist debates and the debates of people that need these things, could I go down that path and explain to you why I believe this is the preserved word? Yes, absolutely. But if I'm talking to one of my brothers or sisters in Christ that are being convinced by atheists and non-believers of this idea, I need to ask them, do you believe in God that cannot preserve his word, that the enemy can pervert his word? Because if your answer is yes, then you might want to address the God you believe in. Because I don't know about you, my God created the heavens and the earth in six days. If he can't preserve his word, I got questions about what my God is even capable of. Yeah. And and this is this is this is it. I always send people to Isaiah 55, verse 9 and 10. Because here God Isaiah says that the wind falls, the rain falls, the wind blows, the wind falls where it wants and where it goes. So God's word will will accomplish absolutely everything that it is set out to accomplish and not a single word of God will return unto him void. Not a single word. So every single time we come on a live stream and we're reading the word of God, those words affect the people they need to affect.
and the Holy Spirit bring the Holy Spirit brings to life in those people, our brothers and sisters who need the edification. He brings to life what needs to be brought to life. Again, just oh. just back a couple of steps to what Mike was talking about just now when we were discussing red flags. Another major red flag are these people that say, "I never went to seminary. I don't go to church. I learned by myself." All the things I know, I've learned by the Holy Spirit, me, myself, and I. They are just as dangerous. They are just as dangerous because they've already proven that they are uh, not willing to submit to any authority whatsoever. Yeah. Mike, Mike, Mike went and studied. I, I went and studied. And, and again, do we agree with absolutely everything we taught? No. Not necessarily, but we continue to we continue to study and we continue to seek each other's counsel and other brothers and sisters Christ in Christ. We seek their counsel. This is how we grow. And again, this is what I say to people that 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 cling to certain translations, that cling to certain doctrines. And then I'm like, have you compared them? Have you put them all on the table and read them all? You know what I think? Um Obviously, after Egypt and everything, I think uh, uh, we're going to plan an episode, an entire episode on why the Bible. And I'm going to gather up some information, excuse me, information for you. And what we're going to do is we're going to do a lesson on one. How did scripture get to where we're at today? So what did they have in the Old Testament? What did they have when Jesus was here? What did the first people have? What did it what was it after that? Right. Like before the King James, how many of you know what we what was the Bible then? It was the Latin, uh, the Latin Vulgate. Right. So before the King James, the Latin Vulgate was the Bible. It was a Latin version of the Bible um, um, and, and these things to understand. And, and how did it get into the King James and what what do we get from the Texas Receptus, Alexandrian text? The, so there's all these different things that, you know, you don't know. Right. And, and is it a good thing to know? Absolutely. Because the enemy is trying to convince these these young children, these young students at, at college that the Bible is not trustworthy. So they're going to ask you these questions. So when it comes to evangelists. Like this is something really important to know. That's why I was saying to you, Danielle, if he was a believer, the question that I want to uh, uh, go, I mean, I, I would go the other direction. But once you've mentioned he's an agnostic, I would love to try and put something together with J.D. Um, because that that deserves a full hour and a half, possibly even two episodes. Um, Amen. So, so we Amen. definitely need to do that. I know we're getting close yep. to the end of time. So the last thing I wanted to just point out to you is when it comes to sanctification, one of the most important things is who you surround yourself with because fellowship is important. I get this question all the time, Mike, should we go to church or do we have to go to church? Do you have to? No. Should you? Absolutely. Because you should want to be around people that actually care about you for the right reason. You should want to be around people that want to help you through your journey, to bear your burdens with you, to push you when needed, to pick you up when you fall, to correct you when you're messed up. And then one of the things we need to understand is how do I identify people that I should trust? And one of my favorite spots is this one, which is more so when it comes to someone that you look up to, like wisdom. And it's James chapter three, in case you want to read it later. And the passage is titled Wisdom from Above. And I want you to hear this real quick. And this is something you'll see across the book, across the Bible. You never see the, the mark of a true Christian or the mark of someone to trust is on their level of knowledge. No, you never see on how well they recite scripture. No, you never see on how well they have biblical understanding. No. What do you always see? Know them by their fruits and their conduct. And listen to how James drives this home. 
who is wise and understanding among you. By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of his wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the mm. wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Now, I want to go back wow. with J.D. now. J.D., what do we see here for like what the Bible is telling you is demonic? If you know someone who has bitter jealousy, selfish ambition, mm. uh, they're boasting in their truth that's actually false. Like they boast in their falsehoods like, oh, well, I know this. Um, they, they, they're jealous and, and selfish ambition. I said that already. And there's disorder mm. and there's division, right? How many times do y'all go to those live streams? And it's always just arguing. And it'll arguing. be like, it'll be like, um, come up if you disagree with me because I can prove you wrong. Like, yeah. Like, like people think I got a lot of wisdom, right? I would never make the statement that I can prove everybody wrong because there's somebody out there that can destroy me when it comes to words and destroy me mm. when it comes to mm. biblical knowledge. There's Muslims out there that would literally destroy me on like uh, 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 old, old Testament knowledge, right? There are, because I don't know everything. And my wisdom isn't what makes me a man of God because that would be works-based. What makes me a man of God is that I'm a wretched sinner that God picked up and said, I'm going to use you. And therefore, what's, what, what matters is, do you see Christ in me? Do you see me walking in the way Christ told me to walk? Am I mm. being pure and peaceable and gentle to you? Open to reason, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial, sincere, et cetera, et cetera, right? This is what I want you to look for. And if I don't look like this, I want you to stop listening to me. Or correct me. It's up to you on that. And, and I hope JD would say, Mike, you're not acting like this. And I've gotten in trouble by telling people that claim to be Christians, you're not acting very Christ-like, as we all know. But it's important to understand. JD, I know you probably wanted to say something on this. Yeah, I mean, this passage here literally sums up the demonized church uh, that is the prosperity word of faith movement. Because... If we look at Mike Todd's Easter special, um, it looked it looked like a strip show gone wrong, and it it was it was vile. Yeah, it it was it was vile. It was vile, utter blasphemy, just complete disrespect for the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ Jesus. Complete disrespect, and this year pretty much sums up where where we get these pastors that make it about I and me. And if I was there, he says in one of his videos, if I was there when God created the world, then yeah. I would have asked God. Can repeat that nonsense. I can't stand that. He yeah, said that. It's, it's, it's just disgusting. And, and this pretty much just sums that up. And then just to touch on exactly what Mike just said, if I go past, I go past like that, that archbishop, numbskull who is on on tiktok up for you a lot lately i ignore yeah those, i ignore and 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 i go in and i see christians rebuking and going repent and this and that and they you guys are not helping the you're pushing that video out to more people the more you comment the more that video gets pushed out to more and more and more and more people i'll be going on that guy's live he's got seven eight hundred people watching yeah the other day at 1k 
He had a thousand people watching him spew his nonsense. And out of the thousand people, there were easily half, half of those were Christians trying to rebuke him. He Move is an on. absolute blasphemer. Absolute yeah, blasphemer. Absolutely. Don't even, don't even entertain it. Dev, Dev yeah. said, what did he say? So Mike Todd, what JD was quoting is when Mike Todd was addressing the whole trans thing. And he was saying that he wishes that God would have just made an in-between for them. And he's like, I don't know why God chose male and female. And heck, if I was, if I was there in the beginning, I would have said, like, God, like, can we just like, you know, you know, give you know something in the middle? Cause like I don't I don't I don't know. And he's like sitting there being yeah, like, I don't yeah, know yeah. why you yeah. can't have men like and men, and I don't know. And it's like Acting like a damn child. That's what he was doing. Acting like a damn child. Like he, he was. What was he just, I think he also in that same sermon said something like somebody asked him if, if you know, uh, you can have uh, the Fruit Loop Soup marriage. And I'm saying it that way because TikTok. And he said, like, I don't know. Like, what? Yeah. Bible's pretty clear. <laughs> the Bible is pretty clear. <laughs> yeah. What's the difference between Ridiculous. blasphemy and heresy? That's a great question that you asked. So heresy is a false doctrine or, or a perverted doctrine. So, for example, if I say that Jesus uh, – in uh, some heresies can be blasphemy, right? And you'll see when I when I talk about blasphemy. Um, so heresy yeah, can yeah. be um, – uh, uh, for example, I believe baptismal regeneration is heresy. To say that the, that baptismal 100%. regeneration means that all you have to do is dip a, dump a baby in water and they're saved. That's, that's heresy, I believe. You can't – it's not true. Blasphemy is a very interesting word. And you can look at the modern dictionary definition and, and it, I don't agree with that. So blasphemy yeah. is, hmm, how do I put this in words? It can come in different forms. First and foremost, if you speak for God, if you try to speak for God, when God has not oh, spoken, yeah. that is blasphemy. Oh yeah. This is why they yeah. try to say Jesus yeah. was a blasphemer. Jesus never said anything negative about God, but he was clearly speaking with an authority that was not his own. So that's the number one thing. Then there is the the uh, uh, the speaking negatively about God or about God's character, God's attributes, speaking uh, hateful, anything like that, right? So that's also blasphemy. But a big portion of blasphemy is to speak for God or to do things as if God's authority is upon you. And this is why Jesus, like I said, kept being called a blasphemer. Why? He said, I and my father, you know, work on the oh, Sabbath. One. And, and, yeah. well, oh, what? That's blasphemy. And, you know, the son of man will come from the cl- blasphemy, right? So blasphemy and people do this often on TikTok. They'll say, no, the yep. word of God says this, and they'll lie about what it says, knowing it doesn't yep. say that, but they're trying to prove a point, and they don't realize that they're blaspheming God to speak for God. Same thing with, like, if you tell someone, like, hey, God doesn't care if you do X, Y, and Z. If the Bible doesn't say that, shut your mouth. Listen to me, Christians. I tell, I, you've probably seen me say this before. If the, if the Bible doesn't speak on it, do not answer for God. Earlier on my live stream, Jay, someone came in and asked, um, why did God make Satan? I can't tell you why God made Satan because he has not revealed that to us of why he made him. I can tell you why everything he's revealed. I can't speak for God. Or they'll say, why didn't Jesus do X, Y, and Z? Unless it's revealed, I can't say. Now, if it is revealed and I can work my way back through the revelation, sure. But I will not speak for God because even what did Michael say? When contending with Satan, he did not speak a blasphemous judgment. So he didn't speak for God in judgment and rather said, the Lord the Lord rebuke you. you. Yeah. Amen. And we had another yeah, question just before. Video. Yeah. Before I leave, um, uh, Joshua asked about Hebrews 6 verses 4 through 8. Um, again, um, I've mentioned Which this Joshua? on a few podcasts. 
uh, Joshua C. I think it is Joshua. So Joshua C. Yeah. Before he even answers, if you go to my page and you go back during the last week, and it's a video where I'm sitting in my car. I did a three-part video on eternal security, and on part one, I took all the mainstream arguments against it, and I refuted yeah. them yeah. all, one of which being Amen. Hebrews chapter 6. Um, and I'm sure JD's got something to say, so while you're saying that, I'm going to pull it up because I'm going to show him one thing. Yeah, and and again, like I've said to to everyone, we've done the Hebrew study on Discord as well. Remember that in Hebrews six, the author here is speaking hypothetically. He is speaking hypothetically. How do we know this? Because when we look at the the, the phrases used from the Greek translated to the English, he's saying words like "it is impossible." You you cannot. Someone who has been in cannot be out. You, it's it's not possible for Christ to be divided, and and also it's not possible for Christ to come down and die for our sins every single day. He's already paid the once and for all price. With that being said, I love you all. Grace and peace, and I will see you soon. Amen, brother. I'll I'll talk to you later. I'm gonna finish this episode up for us, and then uh, and I'll talk to you offline. Um, I wanted to go love here, though, just because the question was brought up. Love you, too, brother. Um, make sure you guys are following JD on TikTok and, and, and hitting up his shop, get you some Tombs Empty Bro stuff. Um, um, so real quick, though, I want you to notice that I've told you all this before. In the book of Hebrews or the sermon of Hebrews is what I like to prefer to call it because I believe it was a sermon. He is clearly in this book jumping between speaking to Jews and speaking to believers. He's talking to them about why they should come to Christ, right? We see this in Hebrews 4 where he talks about how they have yet to enter the rest, which is Christ, and getting into Christ, right? After the part you're talking about in Hebrews 6, if you go down just a little bit at verse uh, 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 18, he's talking about so that the two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement. So there's this designation that we who have fled to Jesus for salvation, right? And, and we see that before this, he's not talking about we. He's warning them of something. And here's what I want to show you guys. Right after we see, it's not the tomb's empty, bro. It's just tomb's empty, bro. Just right after we see the it's impossible to restore them to salvation, read this part I have highlighted, verse 7. For land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those for whose sake it is cultivated receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed and its end is, is to be burned. How does that jive with what we just read? So what we just read before that, we didn't actually read it, but what you would have just read is that once someone heard, has heard all this stuff, experienced all this stuff, it's impossible for them to come back to the Lord, if you, no matter what you say to them. Now look at what I just said again, one more time. There's a land that when rain lands on it, fruit is born. And then there's land that when fruit falls on it, thorns and thistles come up. No matter how much rain goes on that one, we're going to get thorns and thistles. No matter how much rain goes on that one, we get fruit. So no matter how much this person has heard the gospel, seen the acts of the Holy Spirit, seen the miracles that Jesus performed, seen the miracles that the Holy Spirit is doing, if they've rejected it, if they grew thorns and thistles, additional rain will change nothing. He's telling you that those who reject the truth, those who hear the word and want nothing to do with it. And listen, these words here, this is why people get confused because these words here, tasted a heavenly gift. So that word right there in the Greek uh, uh, means to experience or partake in. Did Judas not experience in the heavenly gift?
Did he not partake in what was going on in the movement? Were there not thousands of Jews who got to see Jesus, touch Jesus, witness him raise Lazarus from the dead, the little kid from the dead, feed thousands with bread from thin air, uh, make water into wine. I can keep going on. They witnessed this. Some even ate that bread from heaven, right? Then it says, have shared in the Holy Spirit. Here's where they get confused. They think shared in the Holy Spirit means indwelt with the Holy Spirit. No, no, it's not saying indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Let me see if I can get this to come up for me. Come on, come on, come on, come on. So here we go. Um, mm. Sharing in, participating in. You can't really say it. Let me make it bigger for you guys that are watching. Sharing in, participating in. So again, these words are being, like right now, let's say I did a miracle in, in front of all of you. Would you not all have just experienced the Holy Spirit? You understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Dev, no, I'm not saying there's no amount of evidence that will make an unbeliever believe. What it's saying is that if someone rejects it the first time, there's really nothing else that can be said. And we see this throughout scripture all the time. Jesus says, wipe the dust from your feet. You see, the truth is, Nothing I'm saying to someone actually brings them to Christ. We plant seeds. And if someone's soil is bad soil, all of us can throw seeds. It doesn't matter. You could just keep throwing seeds. Like here, matter of fact, y'all know I love analogies, right? Let's say you are blind and you can't see whether it's soil or concrete. If you throw seeds to the right and throw seeds to the left, and then you come back and feel, and on the left you feel dirt, and something growing, you know I should keep watering this. If I feel to the right and I feel concrete and my seeds are still sitting there, probably shouldn't waste my time over here. Do you understand what I'm saying now? Brothers and sisters, let me be very clear with you. You cannot, you cannot trick somebody to be a Christian. You cannot convince somebody to be a Christian. They either reject the word of God or they accept the word of God. Period. Now, does that mean we stop working on them through love? By all means, work on them through love. But don't get stressed out when they reject. Yeah, I believe it does. Uh, just, yes, Joshua, I believe it does. With Matthew 13 is where you would look at it, where it talks about where the seeds land, right? Because this is what we see the field, right? In fact, we also see uh, uh, Jesus using the field with his, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, I believe it's the Sermon on the Mount, where he talks about, no, it's not the Sermon on the Mount, it's the 5,000 feeding, where he says that the kingdom of heaven is like a field that produce, or a mustard seed that would produce in the field, and et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, we're, we're good at the end of the episode. I don't want to keep going and going and going. We're going to jump over to TikTok. Uh, Yeva, I do want to answer your question, because I saw it. You said, what about backsliders? Y'all, again, I love analogies. Jesus is on the pinnacle of the highest mountain possible because he is the he is the level of perfection. If I was to try and walk up this mountain to him, do you not think that in this journey there will be moments where I will slide back? Absolutely. But what is it what is it about sliding back that's different than turning around and walking away? It means I never stopped facing Jesus, I just slid back. To be we're all backsliders. If anyone dare tell you that they were not a backslider at one point, then they either have not been one yet because they just came to Christ yesterday or they're lying to you. I backslide all the time. A backslide is walking up this hill and sliding back. I didn't stop looking at Christ. I lost my footing. I stumbled and I slipped and I lost ground a little bit. It's time to get on up and keep walking. Keep walking to the king. I didn't turn around and walk away. I slid back. Heck, I'm on my knees crawling up the mountain now. I will never turn away, but I will slide a lot. And I'm trying. So I get it. 
We all backslide. The problem is we use these terms like not all Christians have these issues. Lukewarm Christians. Every Christian that calls other Christians lukewarm has had a moment of lukewarmness, even though they're using it incorrectly. Every Christian that calls other Christians anything, you've been that at one point or another. That's why we're called to accept each other as if you would accept Christ. That's why I showed you earlier the moment where Ananias went to Saul and said, what? Brother Saul. After he just said, I want nothing to do with him, Lord, that's a dangerous man. Don't send me over there. He's killing us. And then he says, Brother Saul, wake up. Brother Saul, wake up. Like, can you imagine going to someone who has murdered people you love and saying, hey, brother, wake up? Because God told you, not because they've made atonement with you either. Imagine that. Imagine we're all hanging out and this dude killed me, killed JD. Maybe even killed a couple of y'all and y'all are still in the circle in this community of Christians. And God came to you and said, hey, that guy that killed Mike, that killed JD, I'm going to use him. You're like, what are you, Lord, Lord. Like, I know, I know, Lord, that you are right. And I know that everything you do is right. But Lord, that, Lord, he's killed people I love. He said, go. Imagine then going to that person saying, hey, brother, get up. Knowing what he's taken from you. Knowing that he's taken people from you that you love. Or that he's hurt people that you love. Think about that. And we're called to look at people and remember who we once were. Don't forget who you are. James says this, that some of us are like a man who looks into the mirror and then walks away forgetting who he is. Don't look at these young believers and forget that you once needed grace too. That you once didn't have your doctrine perfect either. And you're still not perfect. But it wasn't on lockdown. You go back seven years to baby Christian Mike, his doctrine probably all over the place with some small things. How dare I treat a young Christian like a fool because he's trying to figure it out and he's in the same place I was six years ago. There's a difference between people who are purposely misleading and people who are young and need help. And the problem that I see on TikTok is every Christian, well, not every, a lot of Christians treat everybody as if they're false teachers when they're not. Someone might just want to say, I love Jesus, and I love the fact that he's been such a great father to me. You false teacher, you oneness, modalist piece of... That's what y'all do. How do you know they just didn't properly word it? What if they're saying, oh, my bad, I just meant like, you know, like he's a father figure to me. Okay, you just, you know that he's not the father eternally? Well, yeah, I think I understand it. Okay, cool. That conversation could have been like that and loving, and you could have brought them clarification. But when you attack them, you modalist heretic, what you did is you just made them put up their defense. Now they could care less what you say after that. You're the enemy now. Why? Because wisdom like that is demonic. What do we just read in James 3? Wisdom like that is demonic. Don't get me wrong. If somebody is teaching that way, that's different. But like, so for example, if Big John Steele gets up on his video doing that, I expect you all to just to trash him, trash him. I mean, literally just spit on your phone and imagine it's him. I get that. But anybody else, you show them love and kindness. What up, John? Anybody listening on Spotify? I know John and he's a friend and I'm concerned why I see JD popping up. So we're getting out of here. I'm getting out of here, JD. I've been talking for 12 minutes. I apologize. Did you come back in here to say hi, or are you just there spying on me? Wave your hand if you don't want to come back up and you're just spying. 
Okay. He's just spying. All right, guys. Hey, I'll be on TikTok for a little bit after this. Uh, if you guys want to hang out with me, by all means, come do so. We can do a little bit of Q&A and talk about some things from tonight. Or we can just have fun and, and have some good laughs and, 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 and not stress out because of all these people here trying to make the gospel sound complicated. But if not, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you so much for just being an inspiration in mine and JD's life. I know you guys think that we give so much to you, but you guys have done so much for us that we can't even explain. Uh, you drive us to want to be better to help you. Like you drive us to want to know more to help you and to love you. You drive us to want to just, it's just to be something for you. And we love you so much. And we thank you for tuning in um, faithfully every week. It's amazing that you guys care about us and care about you. And um, thank you just for everything, guys. Uh, God bless you. And as always, don't peace.